Hi, I'm Natalie. Welcome back to Ahead of the Curve. We assume you've been listening to all of our excellent episodes before this, but if you haven't, you're in for a treat and welcome. We are so glad to have you. This is Ahead of the Curve. It's a podcast series produced by the Georgia Department of Transportation, and we spotlight amazing people, programs, and of course, projects that help make our state's transportation network ahead of the curve. If you have listened to our last episode with our fine folks over in HR, then you know we talked about how there's something for everyone at GDOT. Now, if you're not listening in chronological order, you're a rebel. In that last episode, we talked about accounting and human resources, historians, people with a passion for the environment. There's something for everyone. But we also have to communicate about that, and that is where we are going to land today. Point of personal privilege, this is my office, so it's going to get rowdy on this episode of Ahead of the Curve with the Office of Strategic Communications. We're going to talk about how we work to support projects every day and how we aim to tell the stories of people, structures, both elevated bridges and flat roads, our projects, our programs, vital initiatives that help the department and help keep people safe on our roads. We're going to talk about what the department is and more through the eyes of strategic communications and how communications is intricately woven into the fabric that is GDOT. We're going to explore that, but first, we'll be right back. It's summer, and that means it's hot. You might be heading out to your favorite summer vacation destination. It also means Georgia DOT crews and contractors are out in full force working on hundreds of construction projects across the state. Hazardous driving in work zones can mean danger for motorists and for workers who build, repair, and maintain Georgia's bridges and highways. As you drive around this summer, we want to remind you that when you see a work zone, slow down. Expect the unexpected. Approach work zones with caution and observe and obey signage. It's summer construction season and Georgia DOT wants you to help keep our work zones safe. Welcome back. I'm joined in the studio today, very excited to be joined by my coworkers, three subject matter experts who work every single day to keep Georgians informed on the things the department is doing to keep everyone moving. From our website, social media, traditional media, the strategy and the science behind it all. We, you know, we get a lot of flack for not being engineers. Well, we don't get flack. We just don't have the certificate that hangs on our wall. But there is a science behind what we do. Science is a great word. Today we have with us the Office of Strategic Communications Director Scott Higley, Digital Services and Web Strategy Manager Ron Battle, and District 6 Communication Officer Joe Shulman. Welcome, everyone. Did y'all have to, how was your commute from your office to this podcast studio? My commute was easy because I take MARTA. You do? I take MARTA every day. And to be fair, your office is next door. Well, this is Scott, and my commute was easy also. I don't take MARTA, but I live seven miles from the office, and it was smooth sailing. And your your office is two doors down from the studio. Correct. Okay. Joe, how was your commute? I came in from Cartersville, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> See, <laughs> in case people real, don't realize, we sit in the same traffic you do. So we have the same frustrations. We have the same realizations, which I think we're going to dive into, but that shapes a lot of how we think of 
communication strategies because we use the system the same way everyone else does. And because of that, we're no different than you. We're no different than the average listener who has to sit in traffic. But we want to make sure that y'all know about it. And so we put our brains the best to say, if I'm sitting in this traffic, which I often am, how would, how, what do I want to know? And that, that's where the science starts. So I'm going to have each of you introduce yourself. I'm going to start with Ron because Ron, you are, you're the, you're the dean. You're the dean of the off, of the strategic office communications. You have uh, the most tenure of anyone at this table. Uh, and so I know you have such a broad perspective on where, where we, where we are, where we've been, where we're going. So it, tell us about yourself. How, how'd you get here? Oh, very gracious, uh, Natalie. Uh, yeah, I'm the veteran. I'm the GDOT strategic communications veteran. But not old. Not old. Uh, so I just made 25 years. I just got the certificate that is last week awesome. yes. for 25 years at GDOT, which is incredible uh, being at an agency that long. But it's been a great experience for me. Um, and actually, so I started uh, in 1998. Um, at GDOT. So you were just born. That is amazing. Literally, thank you. I was just, just born, born. Uh, a couple of years prior to that. But uh, again, late 90s, started at GDOT, uh, came in as a publication specialist. How different is it now? Well, let me tell you this. When I started, we worked in the basement at number uh, two Capitol Square which is right across the street from the Capitol. So we were, we didn't even have an office in the building. It was underneath the building, basically, <laughs> when I first started. So so, so you've, you've moved. I've moved up. That building doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. But again, not old. Right. Just youth. So from the basement at, at over there to the 18th floor at One Georgia Center, is this where you thought you'd be 25 years later? We're glad you're here. Is this where you thought you'd be? It's an interesting story because when I started, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know anything about the Department of Transportation. It was it was brand new to me, and it was my it wasn't my first tenure in communications. I worked at the Diabetes Association of Atlanta for a couple of years as their marketing specialist, so I was very familiar with marketing and communications, and I knew I wanted a career in marketing and communications, so this was the next step. This was the next evolution for my career, starting at uh, the Georgia Department of Transportation, and again, I started as a publication specialist. You know, I worked on on our uh, fact book and annual report and several other publications for the department, and it was, it was a great experience. It was more of a family atmosphere, which I loved. I, I felt myself growing in this office. And I saw, I, I definitely saw a career path for myself. Now, like most people, I wasn't sure at the time, I, I wasn't thinking 25 years ahead. You know, when you first start oh, out in does? a new job, you're not thinking, you're thinking about the future, but you're not thinking 25 years. You know, it was, it was a different experience, but it was a great, great experience for me. Uh, the 25 years, let me, I'll say this, it goes by fast. It goes by so fast. You blink your eye and next thing you know, it's 25 years. Well, that's amazing to hear, but it's, it's bittersweet. It's like when your kids grow up, it's, it's when you enjoy being here and enjoy doing what we do as we do. You, toward, when you say it goes fast, it, it just, it's a little, it hits a little, it hits right here. Um, 
so Joe, you are the youngest, not the youngest, youngest. No, that's okay. Yeah, I'll take that. Is uh, the 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 newest member at this table, but not the newest member in the office, but at this table. Uh, when did you join the department? And tell us how you got here. Yeah, so I joined in September of 2019. So I've been here almost four years. It does, especially with COVID. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I got here, you know, five months before COVID hit. So I had five months of what we would call normalcy uh, before the world kind of turned upside down. Before that, uh, you know, my career started in uh, newspapers. For everybody who knows what a newspaper is, uh, I came out of college, was at newspapers, but wasn't sure what I wanted to do because that was when the internet was really just starting to, to ramp up as far as news sites and the news cycle changing newspapers not knowing what they were going to do. As one of my best friends says, I went to the dark side and joined marketing and PR. Did some jobs in the private sector and realized that uh, that's I wasn't happy there. Uh, and so I had actually left marketing, um, was working at Publix in the bakery when the position at GDOT opened up. At with And the position that I have actually interviewed the guy who had this job before me when I was at the newspaper. Uh, we hadn't spoken at that point in 15 years probably. And uh, the job opened up. Uh, my wife gave me a call and said, there's this job in marketing and public relations. And I said, no way. And she said, well, it's government. You may want to take a look. Looked at it and fell in love with it instantly. It's everything I love to do. I love to write. I love to go out and talk to people, uh, go to the different sites, take photos. And I've loved it ever since. So, Joe, you work at a district office. And so for people who are unaware with the department structure, there is the general office, which is in Atlanta, which houses the bridge office, accounting office, uh, office of environment, the, the, the offices that sort of maintain the main structure of GDOT. But when you look at who who is housed in the in the geo in Atlanta, there are counterparts to those people who work in the district. So you may have a construction manager or a maintenance engineer um, that reflects what we do here at the office, but it's very specific to the district. Tell us a little bit about your district. So District 6, where I'm at, is Northwest Georgia. It's 17 counties. I go down basically to I-20 and all the way up, um, around, up 75. I don't really touch... Uh, Cobb and Douglas are outside my area, but the rest of Northwest Georgia is what I cover. It's a large area. We've got a lot of interstates. We've got a lot of uh, rural areas. So it's a little bit of everything up there. And what I do is keep everybody up there, hopefully updated on all of the projects that we have going on. And those projects include everything from, you know, working on the interstate, building bridges uh, to small projects, county roads. We replace a bridge to help out the county those type of things. So it's a little bit of everything. Lane closures, you know, we want to let people know what those when those are happening, going out to the public to talk about safety initiatives. So it, it's a lot of what people think of GDOT on a much smaller scale and, you know, closer, smaller audiences, but getting out there. So we go from smaller scale to bigger scale. We have Scott Higley with us, who is the director of the St Office of Strategic Communications. So, Scott, you have been on the show before, uh, but so remind people, uh, remind our listeners who you are and how you got here. Sure. Thanks, Natalie. Um, well, unlike Ron, I am old. and uh, No one at this table is older if you... <laughs> uh, I love that. I'll take that. Um, have been working in 
some form of marketing communications for over 30 years and have done a lot of different things. And Joe, I had actually forgotten, I'm, I'm reminded now sitting here hearing your story again that you and I had a similar trajectory. My career started in newspaper also. I went to journalism school, I graduated, I thought I would either be a writer or maybe even on-air talent on a TV news operation. None of that panned out. I wound up selling advertising for a newspaper and while I loved that, it wasn't my calling. And I knew I wanted to get back to my core love, which frankly was writing and um, communications. And I realized that uh, communicating with the public was something that I wanted to do. So I did a lot of different things in the private sector. I worked in commercial real estate, hospitality and attractions, but eventually I was lucky enough to find my way to the Georgia Department of Transportation. And I've been here for about seven years and love it. And we are very, very lucky to have you. We've seen um, programs grow uh, from ground up under your leadership. Um, and we definitely want to talk about those. So I just want to make sure I got my brownie points in before we really got into the meat of this. Good job. Absolutely. Um, but tell us, what is what is the Office of Strategic Communications? How would you give us if, if, uh, your elevator pitch when someone asks you, what, what do you do? What's the Office of Strategic Communications? Well, you know, I think sometimes people are surprised that there actually is an Office of Communications within the Georgia DOT, but it's actually a really important function of what this agency does. And Natalie, you touched on it in your introduction a little bit. There's a lot of tremendously good work going on across the state. And in fact, this podcast showcases and talks about a lot of, of that really good work. What people experience out on the roadway sometimes can be a little frustrating. Joe knows firsthand what we're talking about after his commute in this morning. Um, but the point is that we're making positive changes out there uh, on the transportation network in the state of Georgia. And we're doing it for the benefit of Georgia taxpayers, for the business community, for visitors to the state of Georgia. People think a lot about you know, repaving projects or construction projects that interrupt their commute. But what we try to do within the Office of Communications is to talk about what's actually happening out there. So people are informed so that we can be fully transparent and people will understand what is the actual impact to, to my day-to-day -day life and my commutes when I'm going from point A to point B. And so we try to do that. We work really hard to try to be able to do that. Ron does that through all of the digital channels. I have the, the, the great pleasure of being able to oversee all that the Office of Communications does. Joe does that in Northwest Georgia. And we really, we want to be a reliable source of transportation information for the general public in Georgia. And I'm proud to say, I think we're, we're doing that. And I want to say with kind of connected to that, you mentioned earlier that we get flack for not being engineers. The truth is our office gets probably 90% of the flack that comes towards DOT, whether it's complaints about projects or not doing projects or when's a project going to be completed. But we, well, our goal is to show people that, yeah, we're getting stuff done. The one that I think of the most up in uh, where I am in Bartow County, for instance, we were putting in an R cut at an intersection. And this is a reduced conflict U-turn. Basically, it allows traffic off a side road to only turn right. And this keeps the intersection safer. And we were putting one in, and we announced it on Facebook. And it was one of our biggest posts because we got so many complaints about, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you not doing this at the intersection north of this? You know, I spent half my day talking to people about this while we do it. This is the safety. And then I said, hey, by the way, we are doing one at that next intersection. Two weeks later, we did it at the intersection north, and all the comments were happy. People were glad these two things went in, these two are cuts. And so... You know, our goal is really to show people you may not like it initially, but what we do has a reason. It's not to make your lives miserable, to make your commutes worse. It's to make all those things easier and to be safer out there. We can we want to make sure that people are, are getting to where they are supposed to go safely and as efficiently as possible. 
And while we're not engineers, and, and I know many engineers listen to this podcast, when I'm approached about what we do, I always sort of joke and say, well, we're the, we're the engineer translator. We, we translate engineerese to, to be more palatable to the general public because it is, the, engineers work very hard. They get many, many years of education to know what they know, but it doesn't always translate into what, what the common person, like us, we're the common people, what we would understand or what would resonate with us. And so we are the engineer translators and it's important that people know that we take our job to do the work of the engineers justice very seriously. That we want to make sure that all of the blood, sweat and tears and drawings and um, work that is done by the engineers, the paving, the, everything that's being built, everything that's being designed, there is so much passion that goes into that that people don't see. And it's sort of our calling, I believe, to put into words all the work that goes into it. And I think once people understand how much passion and work is in this building by some of the things that we do, that they that it, it's, it softens the tone of how angry they want to be at a bridge, at a lane closure, because they understand the people behind it better. And that I take that very seriously as our charge is to tell the stories of the people and the projects so that people understand it better and it bites less hard. Because let's be honest, everyone uses our system every day from, I'd say from the time you come home from the hospital to the time you go in the morgue, everyone uses the transportation system. We have by far more users than any other agency. And so, yeah, we're going to get a lot of complaints and we are, we're good at getting those complaints, but we want to take those complaints and at least make you understand why. So so I want to touch base with you, Ron, because you've seen some of the biggest changes. What are some of the biggest changes in how we have communicated as a department from 25 years ago to, let's say, when, when Scott took over the helm? I think the biggest change is technology. When I started in the late 90s, I don't even think we were – we were basically faxing press releases out uh, – to media outlets. What's a fax, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what a fax is, uh, it's that machine that's probably in your doctor's office uh, that you just put in a piece of paper and send it out to wherever you want. I mean, it's something that, I mean, if you think about it, technology has changed a lot in 25 years. And so the way that we communicate now is completely different. Um, as the digital services and web strategy manager, you know, I manage um, our website as well as our social media uh, channels. And that's the primary way that most people communicate with the department. And I think that's the biggest change is that people don't necessarily come in to the office anymore. There used to be a time we had a customer service center um, at our old building that people would walk into and actually talk to a person about whatever issues they had. They also used to write letters to the department with like a stamp with a in stamp. the mail yes and we would write them back Ooh. now we, we still do write back listen we, we, we still it, do write back different it yeah. and it's much letter, we faster write back. in a yes. much faster way but now that technology has changed people tend to comment make their comments online and i think to me that's the biggest change is that people want real-time commentary you know they submit their issues you talked earlier about people complaining, which we, I mean, listen, 
transportation is the like you said the biggest industry one of the biggest industries in Georgia is the main way that people you know go back and forth commute back and forth to work we get a lot of comments online about that experience about people's travel experience and we love it we love to hear your feedback we love to hear your comments why because we know that we can even if you have a bad experience we could be a part of translating that into a good experience. Understanding what your pain points are and helping you, you know, get to where you're going safely. Ron, these days that feedback is immediate. And I think that's one of the things that helps this agency be nimble, perhaps even more nimble than we once were, because we're getting immediate feedback from the public. One thing that you have been instrumental in, at least since 2020, when COVID hit, is the development of virtual public involvement. Talk to us a little bit about that process and what that looks like for the public. So in the past, we had in-person public meetings. Uh, if you wanted to learn about a project, uh, those meetings usually started um, in the afternoon, late afternoon, maybe four or five or six o'clock. And it ran for maybe an hour or two hours. So people are rushing to leave their jobs and so like, to get are, to a meeting. Absolutely. Yeah. People are, you know, they rushing to leave their traffic jobs. to get there. You know, they're picking up kids. They're trying to, you know, go to these meetings last minute. And so the pandemic gave us an opportunity to create a virtual experience where people could go online to find out about transportation projects happening in their community. And the benefit is now, instead of having to rush to a in-person meeting, now you can take your time, you can go home, you can, you know, you can pick up the kids, you can cook dinner, you can do all the things that you need to do. And at your leisure, you can go on our website, go to a project page, and get all the information that you would normally get at an in-person meeting. And so we created a, a new platform. Actually, we, we moved everything to a new platform called ArtGIS. And that allows us to, to place all public information content on a web page where people can download the information boards, they can look at project maps. And matter of fact, we've created interactive project maps that people can zoom into so they can see how that project impacts where they live or, or where they travel or their commute. We also put a feedback button on every page. So if people have questions or comments or they want to find out more about that project, they can click on that feedback button and that comes directly to us. I'll say that with the virtual PIOHs, these open houses, we've seen a difference in the number of comments that come in and the no, the types of people who comment. With the in-person open houses like you guys were talking about, the, the people who were coming in were those a lot of times who were retired, who didn't have to go pick up kids, who weren't coming home from a job at 5 o'clock and the last thing we wanted to do was turn around and go back out to a meeting. Their usage of the system was entirely different than the people who weren't coming. Right. And so now what we get is we get these comments and people can comment, you know, 24 hours a day. Hey, this is my issue with it. This is what I, you know, I like or don't like about those projects. And I think it's important too for people to understand that we read every single comment and we actually respond to every single comment and not just on the open houses and these projects on our social media. We respond to pretty much every comment that has a question. Or, or a concern about a project. It, that reflects both, both Joe, in your role in, as a DCO, a district communications officer, being very hands-on with 
social media and with um, the comments and the needs of the constituents of your district. And Ron, the the virtual PIOH method, it it speaks to our dedication to both an open an open agency that we are open. What here are here are the plans. Here is the reason behind the plans. Here's what properties will be impacted, and then comments on things like social media. It being that responsive. That that is a direct charge from Commissioner McMurray to be a responsive agency. Um, and we've always had that charge, but I know I know that that is something that the commissioner has been very diligent on is to making sure that as an agency we are responsive to our constituents, to the media, to to anyone who needs something from us because that's our job. And I should say when, when I say that we respond, it's not just us as the communication officers responding. If somebody has a question about a project, I call up the project manager. I call up the construction manager, the area manager, our district engineer who is over all of my district, and that includes maintenance, construction, everything in our area. And I ask them, hey, what's our response to this? You know, hey, they've got a question about this intersection. Are we doing anything about this? I'll go to traffic operations. So a lot of times my response isn't really from me. It's what the people in our district are telling me, our engineers, they're, they're, it's their information. Experts, yeah. Exactly, the experts, because as I've made clear, and I think you've made clear, I'm no expert. I'm no engineer. We're getting better, though. But we are. We are. And so a lot of times uh, I tell people, if you have a question about an a intersection or a stretch of road, odds are somebody else already has, and we are looking at it. Either we're doing a study on it at the moment, we've just completed one, or we have a plan for that area. And I'm more than happy to let people know, because that's the most important part of our job is telling people, yes, we are aware of what's going on or, hey, I'll let you know what we're going to do about it. Joe, that's that's really important when you talk about your day-to-day interactions with your district, um, how you respond to questions from the public, from the media. Uh, that's a lot of what we do. It's a lot of certainly what I do every day is to make sure that we are communicating with the media, both good stories, bad stories. Um, I, I joke a lot about like, well, what's your average day like? I don't, I don't really have an average day, and I haven't for a while because something comes up every day. You never really know what to expect. You don't know when you open your inbox what what journalist needs what. And again, it's our job to be responsive to negative stories, to positive stories, to gather good information for journalists so that so that even if it is a negative story, which again we, we don't shy away from those, we're not we're not scared of those, but we do want to make sure. I certainly want to make sure, and I know everyone at this table agrees that we are using our subject matter experts to get as much information to the media as possible to show all sides of the story or to to say to display a reason why something's happening or a reason why something isn't happening. And so we have to be very nimble every day and to which subject matter expert is going to be our best friend for the day. And I know people probably within the department that are listening to this would laugh that when they see my name pop up on their on their caller ID, probably Joe too, it's like, oh no, what does Natalie need? Because we take it we, we want to make sure that we are getting all the information. And there's a lot of information in this department, and so it doesn't always happen at the click of a, a, you know, at the snap of a finger the way that people want information these days. Good information from this department, like pulling fatality statistics, 
pulling crash statistics, pulling um, lane miles and what something does, it takes good time for us to get good information. And we want to make sure that we are keeping wonderful relationships with the media in order to make sure that we are telling a good story about what we're doing. And the other part of that, you know, you talk about the good stories and the bad stories, but there's also the breaking stories. You know, whether it's a vehicle running into a bridge, which has happened in northwest Georgia as well as other parts of this state, wrecks that shut down an interstate. You know, those are the things also we have to react to and talk to the media about. And getting that information has to be a much quicker process. And again, that goes to the, at least for me, you know, and, and probably for you on a larger scale, the experts in the area and my engineers, so I can say, hey, what are we doing to fix this? How long is it going to be? What can I tell the public and the media that their drive is going to be like the detour? How long is this road going to be shut down? You know, we have to know that information quickly. And so, again, it goes back to how fast we can communicate, but how fast our people in our districts and over across state communicate to us. And in the same vein where we're sort of playing whack-a-mole with these pop-up issues, we're also, our brains are tuned to what are good stories within this department that we can give? You know, we know there's going to be the pop-ups. We know there's going to be the crisis. But what what are good stories we can tell from within the department? Um but, but we do do a lot of crisis. Um, I, I don't know if that, has, that became more ingrained in me after Snowmageddon. And people, what, what do you do? Well, I'm the spokesperson for the Georgia Department of Transportation. I've lived through things like Snowmageddon and the 85 bridge collapse. And then you start to sort of list them out and you're like, well, the, pa- the past decade has been, um, has been crisis-y. We'll just coin that word because we can. We're the word people. Um, but it, we have had some crisis situations and that... That is a, another layer of what we do in our office. Um, Scott, do you want to talk about crisis communication? Natalie, crisis is a component of, of what we do. It's part of our obligation to the general public and taxpayers of Georgia. And so occasionally we do have to address uh, what we would refer to as a crisis situation. And that can be inclement weather. It can be the impact on the transportation system from you know a tornado or the debris that finds its way onto the road working in partnership with Georgia Power to clear the power lines that are down. The one that always springs to mind for me and, and uh, was a uh, bonding experience early in my tenure with, with Natalie and my other colleagues in the Office of Communications was the I-85 bridge collapse in March of 2017. And I mean, probably the, 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 the worst case scenario that I could have imagined in my role and it came to pass five months into my position here at GDOT. And Natalie, this is where we, we talk a lot about our, our relationships with the media and how important those are. And the media played a big role in helping us get the information out about the progress of the reconstruction in that bridge in just 42 days. That was a, a kind of a near miracle situation. And that was due to the expertise of the people of Georgia DOT. Uh, the willingness of our contractors that work on our behalf to to really pitch in and get that job done. We were lucky enough to get to tell that story throughout that process, and we utilized all of our communications channels to be able to do it. But mostly the obligation, the goal, was to keep the public up to date about where things stood and when they could expect that bridge to be open to traffic again. But other aspects of it, too. What are the detour routes? You know, how, how, are, we, how are we advising people to get around? 
are, are you know, telling them to take MARTA. Um, you know, other means of transportation was a big part of our communication strategy related to that. But it's a, you're right, it's a very important part of what we do. In addition to the day-to-day communications about lane closures related to repaving projects or construction projects and how those will impact people's commute too. Scott, I want you to touch on this first, but certainly I want to hear from everyone. Do you feel that sort of the, the phrase crisis or do you feel like the level of crisis. Let's say there's there's green flag to red flag. You know, it's code red, code yellow, code orange. Do you feel like crisis has changed in the past 10 years? In terms of how people define a crisis? Yeah, yes. I, I think so. I think if, if we think something's a crisis, then it's certainly going to be a crisis for the motoring public, right? Or at least in terms of, you know, how they go about their day-to-day lives. And so, again, going back to the obligation that we have to make sure that we're getting the best possible information out there so that people can make decisions about how they will go about that day-to-day, getting from point A to point B, getting to the grocery store or to uh, dropping kids off or picking them up from school, uh, getting to the office, you know, all really important aspects of how people live their lives. And it all rotates on the transportation network. You know, I think we talk about a crisis. We think of bridge collapses, things like that. But the truth is, for somebody who's trying to get to work, if we have to shut down a road they're driving on, that's a crisis for them. And and we all know what that's like because my drive here today was supposed to be about an hour and 15 minutes, and it ended up being over two hours. Luckily, I work for the Department of Transportation, and you guys know that the road sometimes can be a little rough coming in. But if somebody is trying to get to school and they're trying to drop off their kids, whether they're a teacher or a parent, where they're trying to get to work on time, when a road is shut down or when traffic is bad because of construction, you know, we hear about that. And we do our best to to respond back to them and let them know, hey, we understand because we drive those roads too. Uh, we're doing the best we can. Hey, here's an, here's the detour. Let you know we try to let people know a heads up before a road is closed as far in the um, future as we can, so that hopefully they can make other plans. Crisis is can be regional, which is why DCOs are so important. District communication officers are so important because there can be, especially during things like weather, during winter weather season, your your district sees winter weather sometimes first, sometimes second, but first or second every year, ever when they're ch- when the media is chasing that first snowflake, they, they might be up in District 6. And so crisis can be regional, which is why it's so important that we have district communications officers throughout the state to address media regionally. It can be a statewide crisis. But you're very right, and I'm so glad you said it, is someone late to getting their kid to their soccer game. That is a crisis to them. We have 50,000 lane miles statewide that that something can happen on at any time of day, any time of night, with the millions of people, not that we have just that live here, but that travel through our state. And so crisis is, crisis is sort of everywhere now for us and, and how we communicate. And we want to make sure that we're getting crisis message out. We want to make sure that we're getting everyday message out. We want to make sure that we're working through these larger campaigns that become very important to the discussion of transportation through things like safety or when we talk about keep it clean georgia that we have we have the day-to-day communications but we do have these large campaigns that are developed through this office that talk about every day-to-day 
transportation things that we want to be important in other people's lives. And so we want to create a campaign that sort of weaves it in and out of everyone's life. And so it becomes second nature to them. And and we have a lot of those campaigns that come through this office, whether that's safety or environmental things. Scott, you were, you spearheaded many of these. That's true. I mean, I think um, while we obviously we're a transportation agency and we build and maintain the transportation network in the state of Georgia, but we can also be advocates. And that's an important element of the campaigns that we launch and, and, and we keep up. Advocates for things like safety, safe driving behavior while you're on the road, safe driving behavior behind the wheel. We can advocate for that. And in fact, we should advocate for that. It, uh, it's part of the transportation system. Um, you know, we also can be advocates for people doing the right thing, making the right decision, which is kind of what it all comes down to with regard to litter. How do I dispose of my litter? Well, I should really do that in a, in a way that helps keep the state of Georgia as beautiful and pristine as we know it can be, right? That's the basis behind our Keep It Clean Georgia anti-littering campaign. And the listeners may see some of those signs along the roadway as they travel. Um, that's really the basis behind the campaigns that we launch. And one of the things that we really focus on is safety. Our Drive Alert Arrive Alive campaigns and our CNBC pedestrian safety campaigns play a big role in how we communicate with the public. Not only are we communicating day-to-day transportation impacts to the roads, to their commutes, but also we can build in messages that help them remember, remind themselves that Georgia is a hands-free state. You know, keep your hands off your mobile device while you're behind the wheel. Distracted driving is a killer. And we know that to be the case. We have the data. We get the data every single day. Reminding people to use seatbelts when they're in a vehicle. This is such a simple concept. I kind of can't believe that we still, in 2023, are trying to remind people to use their seatbelts. But seatbelts save lives. There's no mistake. There's no question about it. So reminding people and building that into our day-to-day messaging that safe driving behaviors are a big part of what we do these days. Yeah, educating the public is one of the main things that we do, especially on social media and the web. We understand that, you know, getting to your destination safely is one of the main responsibilities of everybody, especially drivers. And so we we take that seriously and we want to educate the public about the right way to get from point A to point B. And so when you look at campaigns like Drive Alert, Arrive Alive and CNBC, uh, we push that out on a regular basis. We want people to understand how important it is uh, to remain safe. And so we, when you look at our social media channels, when you look at our website, uh, you'll see that. You'll see the stats that we push out on a quarterly basis. Um, you'll also see our safety messaging around each of those campaigns, which we feel is a very important. And what we've gotten on social media is a very positive response. When we push out content around safety, people, it resonates with people. People respond to it. It's one of the things that I think people really connect with the department about. And shout out to you and your office and social media, which has really um, blossomed in the recently uh, with Monet taking over. Her her videos, the, the messaging, we're getting to a different group that we haven't reached out to before through some really effective social media that has come out of your office, Ron. Absolutely. And work zone safety is a big part of that. Uh, what you see on our social media channels is educating the public about how to drive through a work zone safely, how to watch out for our workers, why that is so important, uh, understanding that we have work zones all throughout the state happening, especially on weeknights and weekends. And we understand that this impacts travel for motorists. We understand that, you know, this may cause delays in getting to your destination. But however, we want you to drive through these work zones safely, understanding that this is our workplace. Our workers who work on the roads, 
This is where they work. This is their office. So we want to protect them and protect you. And so that's something that we've pushed out consistently on our social media and our web channels. And Ron, in some ways, those messages about safe driving behaviors, not just in work zones, but when you're behind the wheel anywhere, are, are more important than ever, right? Because of the alarming increase in roadway fatalities that we've seen since 2020. It's astounding, um, that spike in roadway fatalities. And so it, it's even more of our obligation, in my opinion, that we continue to push those messages and remind people that safe driving behavior, these decisions are easy decisions to make, right? Just, just drive safely um, and use your seatbelt. And you know, these, these little, little decisions can save lives. You know, when we talk about safety, there's three parts to it. There is the roads, which we at GDOT can control. We try to make them as safe as possible. We're always looking at how to make them safer, whether it's you know different types of intersections and the lanes. The roads is our responsibility. For drivers, their responsibility is twofold. Their car, make sure a car is maintained, tires are inflated, all your lights work. You also use all of the lights. And then Even that blinker, especially you're going to use it. The it's blinker, there. and then of course the driver's behavior, and so that's what they can control. And this means putting your seatbelt on, and then paying attention while you're driving, not putting your phone in your hand, not using it, focusing on the road. Something that's important that has happened in this office, in the way that we communicate, has been sort of a rebrand of the department because. It got to a point to me where people weren't necessarily listening, even though we had great messages and we had great campaigns. Uh, but, you know, over the past several decades, people stopped listening to many government agencies. It wasn't specific just to the Department of Transportation, but it was we were just another government agency telling someone what to do. And then it became, well, it's just the old person's G dot and they're not responsive and uh, they, they don't even care what I think. So they're not going to be responsive and uh, they're going to, they're going to fax me a response. It, it became where even when we had good messages, they weren't necessarily landing because they were coming from an agency again with many others. It wasn't just us that, that people weren't really willing or they didn't want to listen to what we were saying because we were just, we were just the Georgia department of transportation and so there was a rebranding effort that happened within this department, Scott, that you spearheaded. And I would give it a gold medal award. It may not have won every award that I thought it should have won. But it's, it's one of the, my favorite things that has happened since I've been here. And, and I've been with the department more than 10 years. But I think it's one of the coolest things that has come out of this department. Talk about rebranding and how hard it is to rebrand an agency that is everywhere. It's old. It's, it's got such a history and that, again, going back to, people use it every day. So how do you rebrand an agency for everyone wherein it's everywhere and it's done everything? Well, that's, uh, that, that's the, the $64,000 question, isn't it? I think, um, you know, your point, Natalie, is valid in that this organization is more than 100 years old and pretty deeply ingrained and embedded in the minds of the citizens of Georgia. And again, it, I think it's in part because the transportation network in the state touches every single person in some way, shape, or form. We're all invested in it. And you know, we all feel a, a, a close connection to it. Now, some days are better than others, of course, as we've talked about so far. But part of our obligation is to, A, again, make sure that we're communicating in a, in a really effective fashion and we're getting our messages to people so that they understand what this department is doing. That's a big part of it. And a part of that is making sure that we are a credible source of information. And so 
Um, you know, a lot of people think of uh, an organization's brand as a logo, and that's it's so much more than that. I mean, a visual identity system, as we refer to it, is a big part of helping build the brand in the eyes of the public that we serve. But it's also how we communicate. Are, are we reaching our constituents? Are they understanding what we're putting out there? Is, are, are we effective communicators? This all goes into building a brand. We don't get to decide what our brand is. And it really lives in the mind of the customer. It's how they perceive the work that we're doing out there. And so in order for them to build a positive perception of us, we have to do a really good job at what we do as communicators. So part of our approach to our rebranding was making sure we examined every aspect of how we do that. And we, we, we changed some things, didn't we, Ron? And about how we communicate with people. We began to focus on digital because we could reach more people more effectively in a quicker time frame. And we rebuilt our communications from kind of from the ground up. Um, you know, Natalie mentioned your new, our new website, Ron, that we launched uh, some time ago and, and how that is a key aspect of how we're communicating with the public. That was a big part of our rebrand. We changed our visual identity system. We created a, a new logo system. Um, and part of our approach to this whole thing was making sure that we understood that in many ways we are a government agency, yes, but we're also a consumer brand. The difference, of course, is that our customers can't take their business somewhere else if they're not satisfied. So the onus is on us to make sure that not only that we're communicating effectively, but that we're doing the best job that we can in building and maintaining the transportation network in Georgia. And I think we've done a pretty good job of conveying that uh, the, the men and women of GDOT are, are dedicated, caring professionals, and they are focused on doing just that, building and maintaining the best transportation system we can. And we're so lucky because we get to tell those stories. And one of the things, if we're talking about change, I think the biggest reflection of that change in terms of the rebranding is our new website, which we launched in August of 2022. If you look at our website, it's completely different than any other state agency website. It's not your grandfather's website. It doesn't look like anything that you see on a government or local government site. It's completely different. It's more visual. Um, it's a lot more user-friendly. Uh, and we redesigned it with that in mind, you know, with our brand, you know, incorporating our colors, our logo, our visual identity, using our photos, our videos to communicate our messaging across that digital platform. And one thing that we've noticed is that, number one, we've gotten more visitors on our site since we've launched. People stay on our site longer now than they did in the past. And people are finding what they're looking for on a website a lot more than they did in the past. And I think that has a lot to do, again, with the rebranding of, you know, of our website, you know, again, utilizing more visual components, reorganizing information, listening to our constituents in terms of what they want. That was part of the rebrand too, is, you know, incorporating um, their feedback into our brand and our messaging. Ron, one of our buzzwords that we used throughout the rebranding process was approachability. We wanted, we wanted to look approachable, but we also wanted to be genuinely approachable and responsive to the public. And that falls in your lap a lot due to your uh, management of the social media. Joe, you too. You manage your social media channels in District 6 as well. But being communicative with the public is a, is a key aspect of the GDOT brand. When we think about communication and, and approachability, there's this digital aspect, but as DCOs, we go out to the public. We speak at civic groups and talk to them about our projects, um, hear their complaints. You know, I had one one time, and it was a group of uh, military veterans, retired military veterans. 
and I took our traffic operations engineer and he and I stood up there, talked about our projects, and then we took questions and complaints. And most of it was complaints for about 30 minutes and we responded to every single one. And they came up to us afterwards and said, hey, we appreciate you just coming up and listening. And, and that's a lot of what we do. So we go talk to these groups and say, I know you're, un, you're maybe unhappy with the project or you don't understand why we're doing this. I'm here to answer any questions you have. And that, that's the approachability that we try to have at GDOT. Another way that we reach out to the general public is through some other creative ways, whether that's we have a magazine, Milepost, we do op-eds, we do um, blog posts, the podcast, although new, is, a, is another way for us to reach out. And especially in your role, Joe, you get very, those day-to-day questions. What is an arc? What is this? What is this? But we talk a lot, and this podcast has been a great tool to talk about the stories within the department. There is not always a story about um, what's going on with our environmental group that, that's going to hit the evening news. As a DCO, Joe, you get when you're on social media and it's, why is this, why is this, Arquette, why is this here? Um, but there's, you know, because you're working with subject matter experts and within the district about things that wouldn't even occur to someone to ask. And we use things like mileposts. Talk about wh- how you used mileposts to, to display a part of the agency um, that, that people wouldn't even know to think about. Yeah, we, we did an article on this environmental aspect where we were trying to protect this endangered plant. I was standing there in all of my safety gear uh, off the side of I-75 with about a dozen other people. We were in the woods. Uh, you wouldn't have known that we were GDOT outside of the vehicles that we had parked. But once we were in the woods, we looked like people who were just out there doing some sort of other project. But it was a G- GDOT project to preserve this plant that was out there and and that aspect i think sometimes goes unnoticed that we do have these other parts of gdot these environmental parts that i think people just think of us as pavement and cement and so there's there's really a a way to convey through this office we work to convey quick day-to-day messages Uh, this road's going to be closed this driveway's closed Uh, this is an r cut this is why we're getting a roundabout P.S. Roundabouts are awesome, but let's educate you around about with our podcast or with our magazine or with a an op-ed about roundabouts. And while we're doing that, we're going to put some great content on the website about roundabouts. And then we're going to create a six-month campaign about roundabouts and safety behind them. And so we, we really do see things from, from a small issue that can be quickly communicated to how it can sort of evolve into something that tells the story of a project, a safety issue, the person behind it with the department and what they're doing. And so the department touches on so much through this office and how we are able to communicate. And we do this, each of these areas that we use, whether it's milepost or blog post or social media, you know, we know the type of questions we're going to get. Our social media is really for those quick questions and answers and complaints. Hey, why are you doing this project? When's it going to be done? Social media is perfect for that. Things like the conservation, perfect for the milepost. And I think as a department, we do a good job of knowing where each of these type of stories, questions, and answers is best utilized. And in this day and age, everything is, people want to see it to believe it. And so we have also evolved as far as the video content that we're able to put out 
to display something. I'm picking on roundabouts, but it's true because because we we work on them so much. But how to drive a roundabout, you know, visuals, whether that is a, a video of how to use it or whether it is um, a sort of an animated content. We, we are using so many tools now, even in the past 10 years that we did not use. And so this office has evolved because the department has, and we want to make sure that we're telling that story constantly. Scott, because you, you are the our leader here in strategic communications, I want to give you sort of the last word on how you hope this department evolves further in the next 10 years. Well, thank you. And it's been a real pleasure to, to, to be with you all today. I, I think Ron talked about something earlier over the course of his career. And of course, anyone who's been out in the working world for 25 or 30 years working in communications has seen this ongoing evolution in terms of the tools that organizations use and the channels that they employ to be able to reach the people that they need to reach. I, I predict more of that sort of ongoing evolution uh, and we'll continue to roll with the punches. One of the things that I'm proudest of is our ability to be flexible and to, to change over time to make sure that we are meeting people where they are, not where they used to be, not where we think they should be, but where they actually are. Our use of social media that Joe and Ron have talked about, um, you know, that's a big aspect of it. I'm particularly encouraged that we still have the opportunity to go out and be in front of the, the public. And one of the ways that we're, I think, doing that increasingly is developing um, education curriculum. I'm not aware of any other state DOT that's ever done this, but we have actually developed classroom curriculum specifically focused on safety for uh, for kids in middle school, and we hope to expand that to more grades over time. But you know, getting to these kids in a classroom environment, providing materials so that teachers can teach safe driving behaviors before they ever get behind the wheel of a car and develop those bad habits. And you know, that's just one aspect of how we go about doing what we do. It represents a big evolution in terms of how we have approached um, communications for the department. Um, very proud of, of the work that we have done and continue to do. Looking forward to more of the same. Ron, I hope you're in for another 25 years. And Joe, same Absolutely. for you. And Natalie, you as well. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, good. Well, I mean, this is a, we, we, we make a great team. I think we understand each other. But more importantly, to your point, when we kick this off, we're also motorists. We're also drivers. And we experience the same things that every other motorist in the state of Georgia does. I think that makes us really good communicators on behalf of GDOT. And, uh, you know, that's going to continue and we'll continue to evolve and meet the needs of the traveling public. And um, I'm happy to say I'm, I, I love doing it. Thank you all for joining today. It was it was really a pleasure to get to sit down and and talk to to my team, to our team um, about about what we do to support the department. So thank you all. While communicating may not be the first thing you think of when you think of the Department of Transportation, I hope you have learned today just how valuable and strategic the work is, the science is behind communications. Motorists, transportation, journalists, our contractors, our staff, they all rely on information that we put out from our office to keep you moving and to keep you safe and to keep you ahead of the curve. Scott, Ron, Joe, it these were some of the most insightful things that we have talked about in the department because it reflects the entire department. So I am so glad that they joined us today. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you have a question, please reach out to us at AOTC at dot.ga.gov. Again, that's AOTC at dot.ga.gov. Join us next month as we get insights and best tips from the experts on safe driving. 
resources available to motorists in Georgia, and firsthand accounts of how decisions made behind the wheel can impact the rest of your life. It's going to be great. That's what's next on Ahead of the Curve.